0: Welcome to the History Tricks, where any resemblance to a boring old history lesson is purely coincidental.
1: Hello, and welcome to the show. Today, we have a little bit of a different format. We just returned from taking many, many listeners to the great city
0: of Washington, D.C. In 2021, there was this window between the first vaccines and Omicron. And during that window, Beckett and I had an opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. We went. There was nobody there. Yes, the Smithsonian's were all closed. There were some museums still open. But we had such a wonderful time that when we had an opportunity to bring some of you all with us and go back, we just couldn't pass it up. We were
1: there to um, we were there to record and film some content for a is
0: it history channel. for a network that rhymes with blistery mantle.
1: Nope. Yes. And it never aired, but that's fine. You know, sometimes you go a different direction with your story arcs and you leave it on the cutting room floor. We got plenty of compliments, um, some contacts, and we actually recorded that in a house that was donated by Marjorie Merriweather Post. So mm-hmm. it was excellent.
0: I know. you should. This was be right before we covered her. And we, I, we walked in the room and saw a plaque that said Marjorie Merriweather Post Salon or something. It was very exciting. Let's just put it that way.
1: (laughs) Well, it was almost just like a sign like Hello. Welcome. You're supposed to be here. Right. So it was good. It was just a tiny little taste of the whole city. We really didn't have the leisure time to cruise around too much. And we thought what a missed opportunity that was to not have been able to see most of the indoor places of Washington, D.C. And so we returned and we brought dozens of you with us. And here is a little postcard from the History Chicks field trip to Washington, D.C. 2023.
0: I thought of the trip a lot as a Russell Stover sampler of field trips because everything was wonderful, except it wasn't enough. (laughs) You know, I could have stayed at any of these places for an entire day and just gotten lost in them. So I think we got to go back or something. Right. When we came back, we posed these questions to the people that were on the tour with us, as well as locals who had joined us here and there while we were out and about at things like the Smithsonian that was open. It wasn't a private tour for us. So we were able to meet a lot of people there and on the dinner cruise at the end. But this is what we asked them to call in and tell us their impressions on these things. One, something that you found very surprising. Two, Something that moved you with an emotion, any emotion. Three, a historical fact that made you think, wow, I never knew that. Or four, a lesson that you learned because of the trip that wasn't academic, something that you'll carry into your life. They just had to pick one of those. We asked them to call and they responded. And we're going to play their recordings for you as we discuss the trip. So
1: let's start with day one. So on day one of our trip, we began with a cocktail reception at Hank's Oyster House. And we followed this by a trolley tour of the city at night. And I will tell you the most spectacular thing for me every single time is the fact that a whole group of absolute strangers meets in a bar. And within about half an hour, you've got groups forming, you've got conversations and laughter. And it's an amazing development. And it even gets deeper throughout the entire trip. But it started off strong. There was even a cocktail.
0: (laughs) I'm only laughing because I was like, yeah, we have to talk about the cocktail. It was called Two Women, Half the Population. It had botanist gin, St. Germain, basil, strawberry, lemon, club soda, and orange bitters in it. And there was a flower floating on the top. It was perfect. I'm I'm telling you, you put St. Germain in anything and it elevates it. There's my, there's my uh, bartender tip for you. <laughs> it seems like
1: in every city where we go, there is kind of a mascot. And of course, in London, it was, hi, Big Ben, every time we passed it. And this time, it was the Washington Monument. It's visible from a lot of places. We passed it just casually as we were going other places. So we started to say, hi, Monument, hi, Monument. <laughs> but this trolley tour at night was some people's very first sight of this iconic piece of sculpture, really. And it was pretty spectacular. The whole mall is, of course, by design, very awe-inspiring. You've got the Lincoln Memorial at one end, and then the Houses of Congress at the other end. And in between the Washington Monument, everything is white, everything is lit, and it's night. And it it was very spectacular. The steps of the Lincoln Memorial, in contrast to when we came before in 2021, where there was no one and we were alone with big old Lincoln by himself in that monument. There were, I mean, hundreds of people, people sitting on the steps, people taking graduation pictures, groups of choirs and orchestras who maybe were in town for a contest from all over the globe, all ages of people. And it was the nighttime. Um, it was like 9 30, 10 at night. And just I don't know. The the community that had gathered there was pretty representative of the country as a whole. It was great.
0: Mm. I was afraid because when we had gone and there was nobody there, it was so magical to have the place to ourselves. So I was afraid it was gonna be, you know, not as good. But because it was at night and because we were with these people, it was Different, but just as good. The thing that struck me the most there was the Vietnam Women's Memorial statue. It's a piece by Glenna Goodacre, and it's three women caring for a fallen soldier. And yes, the Vietnam Memorial is there, and you can go walk past it and look at all the names, which is what we did the first time. But this time. A whole bunch of us just gravitated to that statue of the women and were just moved by it because it was nighttime and it was lit. And all around the statue were um, hair bands, like rubber bands for your hair. And I believe that they are left as a memorial for women, you know, as like you would leave pennies on a headstone or something. People leave their elastics, their ponytail elastics there.
1: That's pretty cool. And it's something that you would have if you were moved to be spontaneous. Uh... Right as a tribute. I really like it. And then mm-hmm. uh, for a note of comedy, we had some jokesters yelling,
2: Jenny! Forrest! Yeah, of course. Hey, chicks. I'm Becca. You might know me as Susan's daughter. I am pleasantly surprised at how much we were able to get done in just the few short days that we were there. We got to see all the major landmarks, tour a couple of the Smithsonian's. We even got to see Mount Vernon and go on a dinner cruise. I also got to go on a couple of side trips, including a tour of the White House and the Natural History Museum, which were both amazing. I would like to give a shout out to the group that we were with. You could break off in any combination of people and you would get along like best friends. I'm so glad I went and I would like to thank all of you guys for giving me such an amazing experience. And I hope to see you later. And my dog is barking.
0: And so you don't write us notes. uh, The dog's name is Rose and she is an absolutely adorable chihuahua terrier mutt that my daughter rescued recently. Everybody loves
1: dogs, right? (laughs) Speaking of dogs, we had a spectacular addition to our trip this year, we had a dog named Hero that came on the trip with us. He is training to become a veterans service dog. He went everywhere with us. He had a great time. He was exhausted during certain of the more heavy walking days, but he couldn't have been more delightful. And some of us got to pet him at the end when he was off <laughs> duty. <laughs> That's right.
0: Um, his handler, her name is Shelly. And a couple times she let us give him a little scritch around the ears and it was just wonderful.
1: On day two, it was our first full day and we went to the estate, well, one of the estates of Marjorie Merriweather Post. And so spectacular, we also got to see Clara Barton's missing soldier's office and we had high tea at the Willard Hotel. At Hillwood, not only did we get to tour the um, actual house, we got secret access to the estate paper archives and it just moved into a new building the main archivist gave us a talk and and pulled out some things that were pertinent to our history it is an entire room full of her papers all carefully preserved in a purpose-built location Um, that's not very common before this building was built they had to store everything in an old chauffeur's house so we um, got a little behind the scenes there, and some of her books, since she was one of the owners of General Foods, dealt with Jell-O cookery, and Chris Graham and I
0: have determined we are going to have a all-Jell-O um, dinner party. <laughs> Funny you should mention, Chris, I brought my daughter as my companion, and you brought the famous Chris Graham. Yay! I know. <laughs> I think the ladies were all very excited to meet him. But you know what? It wasn't just women on the tour. I know we talk about the women a lot because there are a lot of them, but there are also men that come on these. So I just want to say it's not all women. I just didn't want them to feel badly.
3: Hi, this is Laura Hart. Uh, many of you know me as the tour organizer, and I just have to thank Susan and Beckett for allowing me that opportunity. It was such a pleasure and this time I was joined by my sister, Jamie, in organizing this tour of Washington, D.C. And we had such a great time doing that and meeting all of you. So thank you to everybody who came out, whether as part of the tour or as part of our locals dinner cruise. It was so great to meet you all. I want to talk about a time that I was moved to emotion. This was at the Hillwood Estate of Marjorie Merriweather Post. We, were, we had the opportunity to visit the Collections and Research Center. And we walked into this room... And they had all of these documents laid out on this table. And, you know, having been to many museums in my life, I knew that we wouldn't be touching. It wouldn't be a hands-on event. And then he said we actually could touch all of that stuff. And it was including um, vintage magazines to flip through, um, vintage cookbooks, and also Marjorie Merriweather Post's passports, which was such a thrill. Amazing passport photos. She, they were basically all glamour shots. So I really enjoyed that. I also enjoyed in Mount Vernon when we got to touch the handrail that has been in that home since George Washington's time. And it was very moving to me to know that my hand was going up the very same handrail that George Washington and Martha Washington and all of their staff used during his lifetime. So that was also a thrill. And uh, thank you again.
4: Delaney Schmidt, I was surprised by the greenhouses at Hillwood. There were so many plants in there, so many different varieties, especially of orchids, but of all different kinds of tropical plants that I was not expecting to see. And also the gardens all surrounding the estate and all the variety of plants that were there. Um, It was so colorful, beautiful, and well-maintained. And I was just not necessarily expecting to see such a variety of plants uh, in D.C.,
2: Hi, this is Diana from New York City. This was my third trip with and next to the History Tricks community, and I guess that makes me a fangirl. What a pleasure it is to be surrounded by people with whom that initial, what are you about, trepidation is instantly waved. This time around, I was a seagull, sharing accommodations with ladies who are now my in-real-life friends, and then connecting with others while we were in town. Some highlights were meeting Francesca, a listener who kindly offered us a tour of Hillwood Estate, where she is a docent, since we were not on the official tour. And then having lunch with Nancy and Patty B, who rearranged their afternoons to meet up with us while we all waited out a downpour. In a world that often wants to highlight our differences, I continue to be quite moved by the opportunity to come together and be our full, beautiful, nerdy selves. Thanks so much, Susan and Beckett. Until next time. This is Teresa Hawking, and I can't thank you enough to Laura, Susan, and Beckett for the great
5: planning of this trip. I was traveling solo, and I'm not a frequent traveler, but I never once felt alone or awkward on this trip. My favorite part was impossible to pick, but the most memorable was the Clara Barton Missing Soldier office. As a 4th or 5th grader, Clara Barton was one of the first biographies I read. She was also who I was searching for when I found the History Chicks podcast. I was hooked. The missing soldier office really took us back in time. The restoration of the building was amazing, and the backstory to finding it was so interestingly told. It was just one of the many incredible things Clara Barton did in her lifetime, and one I had never read about. Thanks,
3: Like Mind Travelers and History Chicks. Hi everybody, this is Shelley Archer. One of the things that we often hear in the History Chicks podcast is that history isn't a fixed moment in time, but it's happening all around us. And I had one of those moments while we were in the office of the Missing Soldiers. I was looking at the mural that was depicting Clara Barton's life, and in the center of that mural is a picture of covered wagons in front of a large expanse of farmland. And as I looked, I suddenly realized that there was a flat-topped building on the right side of the picture. And that across the countryside on the left on the top of the hill was, a, was the Capitol building. And it hit me what that flat top building was. And um, I realized that this, this was how this bustling city had appeared to Clara Barton. And that she never knew the Washington Monument in its finished form like we knew it today. And that just really moved me in
6: the moment. Hi, this is Sandy Schmidt. I was most surprised when visiting Clara Barton's Missing Soldiers office that she was able to find over 22,000 missing soldiers without any of our modern conveniences. It was interesting to learn how she got her name out to those looking for the soldiers and how she was able to find them through her letter writing. It was also surprising how a government worker discovered the Missing Soldiers office. I enjoyed the entire trip to Washington, D.C. and can't wait for the next one.
7: Hello, it's Michelle Steinberg also known as Michelle with 1L from Boston. Thank you so much for giving me the time and the reason to explore one of my favorite cities, Washington, D.C., with the History Chicks and the fans. One thing I found both very surprising and moving was to learn the history or the story of the almost-wasn't-preserved missing soldiers office of Claire Barton. I give walking tours of history and architecture in Boston as my volunteer gig, and it's so easy to take it for granted that all these beautiful old historic buildings have always been there and will always be there. So it's just so important to remember that it takes some value to those buildings to keep them for history for the future. So few places, I find physical places are dedicated to women and their achievements So I'm really, really grateful that this place, the Missing Soldiers Office for Clara Barton was preserved. Very happy that her story has not been forgotten and her mission of compassion. Thanks again.
0: We met Michelle in Boston. The company she works for gave us one of our walking tours. But what she taught me on this trip is we were standing outside of the Clara Barton Missing Soldiers office, just looking around at the normalcy of life that was going by us, you know, and I pointed to a building and I'm like, and then there's those stars on that building. What Michelle taught me was that those stars I've seen on buildings and thought they were purely decorative are not. They're called star anchors or star bolts, and they're on old buildings that are starting to sag a little bit. It is a wrought iron rod that goes through the entire building and out the other end. So there's two stars on each end. It's like a nut on a bolt, keeping it in place.
6: I never knew that. I thought they were just decorative. Hi, I'm Sharon. Walking is a big part of traveling, be it through a museum, gardens or parks, a city walking tour, in spectacular buildings, humble settings, reflective spaces with a group or on your own. Sometimes you're in a hurry and sometimes not. After visiting Clara Barton's missing soldier's office and hearing the remarkable story of how it was discovered some 155 years after she closed it in 1868, I was standing outside with others, watching people walk right past the door with 437 above it. And it made me think how amazing it is that Clara Barton's office was discovered after so many years and that countless people had walked right past it with possibly no idea of what took place on the third floor in that building. The lesson for me in this is to remember to look around, to be more aware of the surroundings I'm in while walking to and from different places. You just never know what you might find. It was great to have been part of this long weekend field trip. Thank you to the History Chicks, Susan and Beckett, and to Laura and Jamie of Like Minds Travel for a wonderful experience.
1: Day three was a big day. Day three was the day my step counter thought, I must be someone else. (laughs) Um, Man, did we do a lot of things. We went to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. Then we went to the National Museum of American History. Then we went on a dinner cruise. I mean, it was an action-packed day.
0: And as if that wasn't enough, when we were coming back to our hotel before the dinner cruise, the escalator out of the metro was broken. It was like 147 steps up. Somebody was counting. It wasn't me. I was just going to count one and then count one again. Just so I didn't like go, oh, my gosh, we're so high. That was a lot of steps. I got about
1: halfway up and I thought, okay, well, this is this. I live here now. I can't. I can't go up. I can't go back down. I don't know what to do. My quadriceps are like, out. We out. Nope. Not doing anymore. And then, you know, everyone behind us is also stopped. There's like, everybody's looking up. The people in front of me are looking down. I'm like, I don't know. Friends, we should have taken the elevator.
0: That's right. (laughs) Definitely.
1: So just briefly, my most memorable uh, occasion there was that I only wear one contact for distance view. And sometimes when I want to read a sign like at a museum, I have to get up close so that my close eye understands it's that responsibility, you know. So I was (laughs) peering at some signs and a whole group of women came around the corner and attracted by my attention started reading the sign about Mary McLeod Bethune. And they said they'd never heard of her before this. And they thanked me for calling their attention to her because they didn't know anything about her. And I, of course, gave them a card. But that wasn't the point. That was not the point. (laughs) The point is, I mean, I have to tell you, that museum is dense. And there's things around every corner. I could go on and on about things that struck me in this museum. But um, the first face I saw when I came in was that of Queen Nzinga. And I felt so proud that... Once everyone came into that door that was with our tour group, they would know who that was and what her role had been in protecting her people from the enslavers that were encroaching on every side. So I'm glad they started there. They started all the way back during the early days of um, the slave trade from both sides of Africa. And that was where I spent a lot of my time. I didn't budget very well and I ran out of time and couldn't see most of the upper floors. So I will definitely have to go back.
8: Hello, everybody. Chris Graham, Beckett Graham's DH and one of the roosters on the trip. And a couple things that I found particularly poignant on the trip were the day we went to the American History Museum and the African-American History Museum. And the African-American History Museum was amazing in the fact that although you learn about slavery in the past, when you're faced with the reality of events and items from our history, it's very humbling. But one of the good things... Uh, Aside from, you know, opening your eyes, the cafe right outside of the experience, the museum experience, they had some of the most incredible fried chicken and macaroni and cheese I think I've ever had. And if you know me as a chef, you'll know I've had a lot. So that was a great day. Then over at the American History Museum was looking at our own childhood and many of the things on display down there. So also kind of brings into mind your own mortality. So, fun yet humble. Hi,
9: I'm Laurie. This was another memorable field trip with the History Chicks. On Saturday, we visited the Museum of African American History. I was excited to see exhibits about many History Chicks subjects. A floor of the museum focuses on the period of segregation. One of the interactive displays was a lunch counter where you could sit and read about events at that time. I chose school integration. Reading the personal stories of the Little Rock Nine was very emotional. These were teenagers who just wanted an education. And there was Ruby Bridges, a six-year-old, chosen to help integrate New Orleans' all-white elementary schools. Four U.S. Marshals had to escort Ruby and her mother to school. Local officials refused to protect her, and only one educator agreed to teach her. Ruby was in the class by herself for the entire school year. What a brave little girl. Finally, there was the Emmett Till Memorial. He was a 14-year-old who was abducted, tortured, and lynched because he whistled at a white woman. His mother wanted the world to see what was done to him. She insisted on an open casket, and his mutilated body was on display for five days. Emmett's remains have been exhumed and reinterred, and the original casket was restored and is on display there. There's much more to the museum, but I wasn't able to absorb anything else. This powerful place is a lesson in how far we have come as a society, but also how far we have to go.
10: Hi, this is Sarah A. And being part of the History Chicks Washington, D.C. field trip was awesome and a bucket list of mine. I enjoy getting to meet and talk with people from all over the United States, and I look forward to going on more History Chicks field trips in the future. On our field trip, we visited many places and viewed many objects that bore witness to both significant and ordinary events in history. One of the experiences that moved me with emotion was seeing the ballast of a slave ship in the national museum of african american history and culture the ballast was recovered from the 1794 wreck of a portuguese slave ship and the ballast was employed to balance out the enslaved people on the ship's hold and it was a physical and tangible reminder of the countless lives forced into slavery it was a powerful experience and i'm thankful that this museum was part of the field trip Thank you to Susan, Beckett, Laura, and Jamie for creating an amazing experience.
11: Hi, my name is Ellen, and I was a Washington, D.C. seagull. I actually did the London field trip back in June 2022, where I became friends with a wonderful group of women. We were starting to plan the trip to another city when this tour was announced, so we decided to pivot and go to D.C. instead. Not only did I get to see other amazing folks from London, but I met other lovely History Chick fans. One in particular, Francesca, is a volunteer docent at Hillwood, and my friend Diana and I were able to do her tour. Francesca was not only incredibly knowledgeable, but she also dealt with one of the craziest things I've ever seen on a house museum tour. While we were in the dining room, some random ladies had lifted the tablecloth to get a better look at the pattern on the dining room table. Francesca not only stopped them, but quickly got a curator in the room to fix the tablecloth. I also went to the National Museum of African American History and Culture. I've been before, but I only had time to see the history section. This time, I went to the Top team Museum to see the cultural exhibits. Not only were there exhibits about past history chick subjects, Madam C.J. Walker and Josephine Baker, but I learned that fashion designer Ann Lowe had designed Jackie Kennedy's wedding dress to JFK. They didn't have that dress, but they had another one of Ann's dresses where you could see all the details up close. Plus, even though he's not a history chick, I really appreciated seeing the exhibits about Harry Belafonte, especially because he died two days later. Thank you again, Susan and Becca, for this amazing podcast, and thanks, Laura, for planning these amazing trips. I can't wait for Paris.
12: Hello, my name is Chris, and I joined the group for the tour of the Smithsonian's National Museum of African American History and Culture. My favorite part was getting to witness so many moments of connection between other chicks in the exhibits, getting to see other people experience the same awe of the past reaching out to the present. Um, of the joy at recognizing past subjects, just the camaraderie of nerding out together. It was magical. Thank you so much to Susan and Beckett for bringing together such a wonderful group of history nerds. At the National
0: Museum of American History, that's where the Julia Child kitchen is. And I stayed far longer than I should have in that area. It was just, it was something of my childhood To see it live in a person was really emotional for me. The whole day was very emotional. I saw some costumes earlier from a play that my mother had taken me to when I was a little girl, and I hadn't expected to see them. They were costumes from The Wiz, Mm -hmm. and I just started you know you're you don't know when it's gonna hit you and it hit me right then and there and there were some travelers kind of in the room with me and they were just so sweet and thoughtful and just made me feel a little bit better about it but the thing that I enjoyed so much about these two museums is I was able to meet a lot of local people they somehow found me I don't know how what they did. And I walked around the African American History and Culture Museum. I walked the whole thing with someone I had met on Twitter years ago. And then at the Museum of American History, I, we same thing happened with another couple of people. And I went to lunch with them. And this is my own little personal history. We're walking in, there's a whole collection of I guess now you'd call them antique lunchboxes, but they were all the lunchboxes of my childhood. And I'm walking by, I'm like, I wonder if they'll have my lunchbox. Ha ha. And there it was. It was from the TV show Julia <laughs> with Diane Carroll. Mm. Uh, It ran from 1968 to 1971. I must have been so small, but I loved it so much that my parents got me the Julia lunchbox.
1: (laughs) I had a holly hobby, I believe. And then I turned the corner in the Smithsonian and there, lo and behold, I had a face that was kind of like a happy face with a straight line for a mouth when I saw this enshrined in the museum. (laughs) (laughs) um the fisher price little people house the one with the yellow roof i still have Uh it upstairs i mean in its original box so i still have it but nevertheless this kind of reminds me of when i went to the toy museum down here at the end of my block and saw the speak and spell in a case and i thought what is happening (laughs) so our lives are creeping in to that museum Speaking of a personal connection, though, there is a car from the Chicago L, from the Ravenswood line, that there is a 99.9% certainty that my father worked in nights when he was going to graduate school. Wow. Yep. And so I took lots of pictures of that, and he's like, wow, neat, cool, you know, so. huh? And also Clara Barton's ambulance is there. And that was an accident. Mm -hmm. There were all these kids playing a scavenger hunt, which I approve of scavenger hunts. But they were running and bumping into people. And so we kind of evaded them around the corner and like, whoa, just emerging. Clara Barton's, one of her ambulances. And not only that, a photo of it in the field
0: um, Mm -hmm. accompanying that is pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, couldn't you have stayed in that
5: museum all day? This is Cindy from Nashville. A moving moment for me on the Washington, D.C. trip happened at the Smithsonian American History Museum. I was with one other field tripper and two locals who knew the highlights to hit in the museum. We went to see the First Lady's dresses, the ruby slippers, the original Kermit the Frog, lots of fun things. Then we decided to go see the Star Spangled Banner. As we entered the area of the museum where the flag was housed, the hallway was dark and had various explanations leading up to the reason why it was raised after an American victory during the War of 1812. I turned a corner and saw the flag for the first time. I got goosebumps. It was huge, and I could easily see why it was an inspiration. Fifteen stars and fifteen stripes. There were places where a star was removed and some of the fabric was gone. I thought it was just decayed, but I found out that it was cut up and given away for various reasons through the years. I'm so thankful to the family that held on to the canvas sack, passing it down to the generations so that I could enjoy it today. And one other nugget, something that changed me about this trip, I've worked in corporate America since 1993. Through the years, there have been lots of terms to describe employees, staff, colleagues, peers, a company's best asset. After visiting the Smithsonian Museum of African-American History, I will never refer to a person as an asset again.
0: After that museum and after the 147 metro escalator steps, we had the dinner cruise. And that's when local people can come and have dinner and there's dancing and just talking and camaraderie which seems like an old fashioned word, but that's the only one that comes to mind. Just like at the beginning of the tour, we all just get along. We have a basis of something that we have in common and it just escalates from there. For me, the funniest part was when Hero, the dog, was dancing and the DJ played Who Let the Dogs Out.
1: (laughs) And I loved how some kids that were having their prom on the other half of the boat ditched Mm -hmm. their prom and came to dance to our DJ on our side Mm -hmm. of the boat.
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, mm -hmm. It was good. Yep. And speaking of DJs, (laughs) my DJ came, my brother Dave. He just came into Washington just to go on the dinner cruise because he had been on two others previously. So he wanted to come and see his friends.
8: Hi, this is Dave. I was fortunate enough to attend the History Chicks Cruise in Washington, D.C. I was able to reconnect with friends I made in England and make some new friends from the Pacific Northwest. The cruise was awesome. I was really surprised by the quality of food. It was excellent. I also got to meet the legend, Chris Graham, which made the whole adventure worthwhile. Finally, I got to hang out with Susan and Beckett, which is always entertaining. Great adventure, great food, great people. Lots of fun.
13: Hello, this is Jamie. I am the newest member of the Like Minds travel team and also Laura's sister. And I have to say, although there were so many memorable moments on this trip, what stood out to me the most was just the sense of community and camaraderie among the participants. And that really came full circle to me on the dinner cruise where we had 40 tour participants and we had 42 locals join us for one big dance party. And it was just so fun. It was so fun to see everyone just come together. So many people arrived alone and you would never know that by looking at the tables and the joy and the laughter at each and every table. It was truly something very memorable for me to see. And I think Laura said it best when she said, where else can you do the electric slide with 84 other history buffs? And I had to agree. So thank you so much, Susan and Beckett, for putting your passion out there in the world and also to Laura and Like Minds Travel for bringing this community together. It was really, really an amazing thing to see and to be a part of.
1: For the whirlwind, you know, this is just a long weekend trip, and this is day four. We began strong with a women's history walking tour of the city. We then moved on to the National Portrait Gallery and... And went to Mount Vernon. I was actually so happy that our tour guide made a point of taking us by the Francis Perkins building.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it, yeah, it was very cool. And we I talked know. about Francis Perkins. It was so exciting during this tour to have people light up in recognition as the tour guide mentioned. I mean, <laughs> I don't think that tour guide has ever once gotten such a reaction to the name Mary McLeod Bethune. Right. Um, as she got uh, from our tour group and I'm Mm. very proud of that. Yeah,
0: I know. And you and I were standing in front of the Francis Perkins building and just like staring at it. I don't know how long we were standing there for, but it was one of the reasons I wanted to go. I did not realize that it was right where it is, right in the middle of everything. I thought it was off in some corner somewhere. I don't know why.
1: It's
12: right by the Houses of Congress. Yep. Hi, I'm Danielle from Washington State, and this is my second field trip. Something that kept surprising me throughout the trip to Washington, D.C. was how History Chicks subjects kept popping up everywhere I went. I don't mean the expected things, but I found chicks in unexpected places, too. The day before the trip started, I toured the private O Museum mansion, and while I was there, I learned that Rosa Parks lived in that mansion for 10 years, and I got to see her bedroom. Also, before the tour started, I went to the Natural History Museum, and I saw some ammonite fossils from Mary Anning's area. At Marjorie Meriwether Post's house, uh, Hillwood, they had an exhibit going on called Determined Women that included memorabilia from Queen Elizabeth II and Marie Antoinette, among others. And then at the gift shop at Hillwood, they had dolls for sale of Amelia Earhart, Frida Kahlo, and more. I also learned from other tour participants when we stopped at the Lincoln Memorial that the sculptor of the Statue of Lincoln was a student of Louisa May Alcott's sister. But my favorite chick surprise connection was in the National Portrait Gallery, here, there are pieces of Edmonia Lewis's on display, and the building where these are displayed used to be where Clara Barton worked. So now one chick is on display on the floor, another walked every day. That was that kind of blew me away, and that was pretty cool. Um, thank you to Susan, Beckett, Laura, and Jamie for another memorable trip.
0: I had gone into the National Portrait Gallery with Danielle. We were kind of on a mission. We just wanted really to see the Edmonia Lewis sculptures that were there, and so we were very focused about that after we found them stop and pay homage to the Obama and the Jose Andres portraits. But the one that really touched me was one of Marion Wright Edelman. She's a civil rights and children's rights activist. And it's a photograph of her. And she's wearing a locket. On one side, there's a portrait of Harriet Tubman. And on the other side, there's a portrait of Sojourner Truth. It was just it was such a and she is a woman of color, too. And it was just such a moving portrait. It was a photograph. And I'm glad that we stopped from our, you know, focus tour to take a look at that.
1: There was a lot of emotion bound up with our tour to Mount Vernon. Being in the place that we have just recently been researching so heavily for both our Martha Washington and Ona Judge episodes um you know also the home of the father of our country a place that kind of lives large in the american consciousness i was very grateful that they have also preserved and um talk about the side of mount vernon that perhaps we don't think too much about that of the enslaved people held by the washington's on the estate of mount vernon so that was good too
0: and in the Ona Judge episode, we had talked about the memorial that they have there. And you said, I don't know where it is. There might be a road that leads right up to it. And there was indeed a road that led right up to it. So I was so glad that we were able to go and, and see that and just sit and thought for a while just in the woods.
1: That hadn't initially been a tour that they were going to take us on. I will say, here is a hat tip to you, tour guide Chris Berry. I'm going to tell you what, he improvised or pulled out of his head a 40-minute presentation about the Enslaved People's Memorial and um, the meanings behind a lot of what was going on. He talked about the archaeological digs. He did a great job, and he didn't know when he came to work that he was going to give that tour, and he did a spectacular bit of work. This is Kathleen, and the trip to Mount Vernon truly moved me. Our private tour conducted after hours allowed us to explore spaces not always available and without the
5: crowds. Our tour guide, Chris, was knowledgeable and enthusiastic. He pivoted when Beckett asked if we could visit the enslaved person's gravesite. Having just listened to the Ona Judge
1: episode, this sacred site stirred me as her mother Betty and other enslaved persons were buried here in unmarked graves. This tour and trip inspires me to plan to
5: visit her gravesite in Greenland, New Hampshire, where she lived out her life after escaping from the Washingtons. Thank you for a great
2: experience. Hey, this is Susan, the other Susan. It was so lovely to have a History Chicks field trip in my neck of the woods, Washington, D.C. It was so much fun to experience the sights with my fellow History Chicks and Roosters and to catch up with friends I had made during last year's London field trip. Washington, D.C. is full of amazing sites, museums packed with interesting items, memorials everywhere, and poignant reminders of how far we have come and how far we need to go as a nation. The moment that was the most emotional for me was the visit to the Enslaved People's Memorial at Mount Vernon on our last night. Being in the area of so many unmarked graves of people who were enslaved by an individual who we revere as one who helped the United States gain its freedom brought up an overwhelming sense of sadness. Buried here were people whose own freedoms, wants, and desires were disregarded and treated as child just because of the color of their skin. The suffering and pain they must have experienced is beyond my imagination, and as I stood in front of their memorial, I hoped that they had found their freedom and their peace. Thank you, Laura and Jamie, for putting together this amazing trip, and to Beckett and Susan for helping to create this community. I really do treasure the friendships I have made through them. Something
0: that I had wanted to find out when we went to Mount Vernon, someone had written us an email, and they said, I thought the." front of Mount Vernon faced the Potomac. And I didn't answer her back because I didn't have an answer. But now I do, because I asked our tour guide. And she said, the front of the building, yes, it is on the Potomac, but it is also on the other side. There's two fronts to the building. So, because when people came in, they came from boats and they came through, you know, up the river and then up the hill to Mount Vernon. But When they are traveling by land, they go to the other side of the house, also the front. Mm. Mm -hmm. Something that really surprised me there was Martha's widow room. Remember, after George passed away, she immediately went up to the third floor and she never slept in the room that they had shared ever again. And her room up there was just so charming. It was all yellows. It had a beautiful view of the Potomac. It was smaller than the room that she had shared with George, but, you know, she was a small woman. She didn't need a lot of space. And I just was really moved seeing it, you know, realizing that that's where she went in her morning. At the final dinner, which came so much sooner
1: than than we thought, you know, the days are just packed and um, we made some great friends in a very, very short period of time. We were able to give people
0: some three-peat and two-fur. I don't remember what you call them. <laughs> it was a two-fur and it was key fobs. And one said two-fur if you were on two, had been on two tours. And then there were several people that this was their third and it said third time's the charm.
1: <laughs> and I think there's going to be some I don't know what we're gonna come up with for four. uh Paris is full. I think we still have a few, not very many spots nope. for
0: London. so I, if it intrigues you, act now, yeah, act yeah. Now. I actually called Laura before you and I got on here to find out. and yes, there are still a few more openings, but they're gonna go. It was such a great trip when we went there. This was such a great... They're all great trips in different ways. It, I'm glad that we tried a shorter trip, and maybe
4: we'll do more in the future. This is Cynthia, and I am one of three uh, three Peters, that is, uh, one of three women who've been on all three of the History Chicks podcast so far. I spent a lot of time pondering about what I wanted to say about the D.C. Uh, field trip. It was great. I learned a lot. I saw a lot and had fun reconnecting with... Friends and making new friends. Um, and I think that's what I want to talk about is that it's always been amazing to me on all three trips how quickly the groups bond, how um, you sit down next to a complete stranger and say, uh, "Hi, how'd you start listening to the history chicks? What's your favorite episode? What was your first episode? And then immediately this bond is formed and you just have this great time seeing these incredible historical things. So thank you to Susan and to Beckett and to Laura for creating these wonderful trips and for creating this incredible community of fun, cool, intelligent women. Thanks. If you liked what you heard today,
1: go to likemindstravel.com and click on the London itinerary and see if that is something you would like to join or join us at the History Chicks Podcast Lounge on Facebook to hear all the news for any future trips that we might be planning in 2024 and visit our Pinterest board for more visuals from the trip, from our shows and all sorts of rabbit holes in between. Thanks to everyone who contributed to our Washington, D.C. postcard today. Thanks also and always to Laura Hart and to our new friend Jamie for shepherding us, corralling us, arranging everything and keeping everything working so smoothly. We really appreciate it. We're grateful also to all the travelers who came with us on the tour and all the local friends who doubled our numbers on the dinner cruise. We're so very glad to have been able to meet you in person. You're amazing, and we are happy that you're in our world. So that's been our recap of our trip to Washington, D.C. 2023. We'll be back in two weeks with another biography, just like usual. And until then, thanks for listening. Bye.